Hello, and welcome along. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to yep. increase your sales, mm-hmm. and to have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lines are open for your calls and texts. Yes. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. It's another edition of the uh, Selling on eBay radio show underway here to make your eBay selling more profitable and more fun. We have coming up in today's program, Sherry. For shipping supply sales are being announced. Very good. And uh, we'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek behind the scenes of uh, eBay Open over recent days. Finally, some traffic reporting. Yes. And um, uh, I've been doing some experimentation. I've been uh, trying to figure out how to do a combination of do-it-yourself and eBay international shipping mixed across different listings. I'll report back on that. A new strategy for promoted listings. It's called Throw More Money at eBay. Indeed, it always is. And that's the uh, idea of the Selling on eBay radio show. Sherry Smith over in Colorado, full-time seller, doing lots of uh, selling on consignment, uh, looking after a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of dogs at the same time. And Philip over at the happiest place on earth in Florida, when he's not regaling eBay Uh. employees in San Jose, and he sells high-end audio equipment to businesses. Very good. And uh, you can hear some strange noises off. I believe that's one of our furry friends my, saying hello. I'm sorry, that sorry. is my dog. And All right. I can't reach her. Uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more uh, from our studio audience as the show progresses. In the news <laughs> this week, Sherry, what's shuffle. what's happening? Let's keep this thing rolling along. Okay, bubble fast shipping sales are until Friday. So that's, so that's uh, another day or so for you to get on with that. Back to school is the coupon code. Uh, you can find out more at uh, bubblefast.com. And on the subject of, we get these sort of beginning of quarter four type promotions from the shipping companies I think they try and uh, compete with each other and uh, maybe uh, try and get you to stock up for Q quarter four and uh, it's the one I mention every year it's the Uline uh, they do this for two weeks every year typically right at the back end of quarter three and it's a free shipping deal from them from the 11th of this month to the 24th for a minimum spend of 500 and if you ever spent money on boxes you'll know that 500 is a pretty easy target to achieve and if you crack the 500 number it's free shipping and given the you know these things are sent around by truck uh, particularly doing bubble wrap because there's no other way to move it uh, that could easily save you several hundred dollars on your $500 spend so that's not a bad deal only happens once a year so that's Uline starting on the 11th yes and changes regarding FedEx and UPS shipping labels and when they are paid eBay has probably notified you you've probably seen this that you're now going to be charged up front for the labels as opposed to after the item gets delivered. So if you don't use the label, you definitely need to cancel it or void it, or you'll be charged for it anyway. They didn't say why they were doing this. Um, I mean, maybe we'll talk, probably not this episode, but another one about some of the stuff that's happening in the background to some of the reports on Seller Hub. It might be that they're trying to get data into some of these reports in a more timely fashion and issuing a correction later if there's an adjustment rather than leaving it blank and then populating it when the data comes back. Now, that would be helpful to, say, yourself, like a consignment seller, because then at least you have a pretty good idea what the cost is going to be 
when it cuts the initial record rather than have to wait for whatever billing cycle FedEx has running in the background. I don't know if that's the reason they didn't explain, but that, that might tie in with some other stuff that I know they're working on. Yeah, that would be helpful. And uh, also the authenticity guarantee is now for trading cards as well. Okay, very good. And uh, if you've been tracking these, um, what do they call it, launch parties uh, for eBay Open, um, and they've been a little bit slow selling out this year compared to last year. It looks like Chicago and Phoenix, as of the moment, are now full. If you want to go to Atlanta or Philadelphia, I think they still have space, but my guess is they're getting a bit tight for space now. So that should close out those in the next few days, I would have thought. And your friends in, in government have been in touch this week? Yes, the COOL Act fight continues. That's mm -hmm. all caps, COOL. And as as of the moment, uh, our fight did not have an impact because even though eBayers through Main Street, eBay Main Street sent like 20,000 letters plus, uh, they have decided to require that we have the country of origin for items that we listed, and really it's just cumbersome, mm. and sometimes we don't have a label on there. And what about revising items? I mean, it's not required yet. We don't have a date, but it looks like it's going to be, and this is just part of the big brands' fights to right. make it hard for us. So cool is presumably short for country of origin labeling or something like that, I guess. Ah, yeah, that's Probably. right. Okay, very good. Uh, also, I noticed uh, that our friends at Etsy don't normally cover them that much, but they've got a workshop or at least a, a demonstration that you might find interesting. It's a product photography workshop. It's geared for people who sell clothing and accessories taking place on Wednesday the 20th at 11 a.m. Eastern. I don't know much more about it. I'm sure you can Google that and find out about it, but I watched the last one of these they did. There's a couple of interesting ideas in there, so you never know. It's probably worth half an hour of your time. So that's Etsy, 20th of uh, September, 11 a.m. Eastern. And eBay store traffic reporting is now available in Seller Hub. Mm. This is going to be interesting. Have you checked it out? I did. Oh. It kind of, mine goes... <laughs> sort of up and down, kind of spikes up and down. I would say, so I draw a line through the middle, it's about 20 a day. So that, is that 20 people or 20 clicks or 20 hits? Or I have to double check what that means. I don't know whether that's a lot or not in the big scheme of things. I think it's it's some. If it was single figures, I probably wouldn't worry about it. I think 20 a day times a month is a reasonable number of people to maybe try and communicate with. Huh. So you find it under the performance tab. Yeah. And mine for the last month, says 20,000 page views. Are they talking about in my store? Yeah, I think that's the number of people that they served up served listings. up your page, your storefront to. That's my understanding. I didn't explore it in great detail. Interesting. And organic impressions, I have 20% and 80% of my impressions are through promoted listings. Oh, okay. we'll talk a little bit about that mm -hmm. later. All right. Did you check what yours was? Or did uh, you I think I stuck with organic for my purposes. Oh, okay. Okay. So anyway, let us know what you think. Uh, that is now available. Um, not quite sure how to interpret it. Maybe if you have uh, some ideas as to what it means and what you can do usefully with that data, feel free to get in touch. You can call us, leave a voicemail, or send a text to 833-EBAY-723. That's 833-EBAY-723. Um, what else we got here? 
Um, oh yes, the UPS. Um, well, you've probably seen. Uh, you probably would be hard to avoid all the stuff about uh, USPS going over to what they call Ground Advantage, which I think is a merger of First Class Mail and Parcel Select. I think it's kind of a play to go after the people that are perhaps a bit more price sensitive and maybe could tolerate stuff taking three, four, five days to get there. Uh, seems a pretty strong offering. I mean, they're not perfect. I think it depends a little bit whether your routing goes through uh, a post office or sorting office that's uh, doing you know badly or not. Uh, but generally, people have been, I think, relatively positive towards it. Curious to see that UPS has launched something they call a UPS ground saver. Uh, struck me as a bit of a spoiler campaign to try and confuse the long-suffering shipper uh, between them <laughs> and uh, USPS. It looks to me like just a rebrand of what they would used to call SurePost, and that's one of these products where you send your stuff into UPS in this case, and they just drop it into USPS you know, the last post office on the chain and the USPS delivers it over the last mile and you can save yourself a bit of money, particularly if it's small and maybe towards the lighter end of things. Is that the one that literally takes two weeks to arrive? Um, FedEx had it, one. FedEx has Smart Post or whatever it's called oh, nowadays, yeah. similar thing. I found it to be a bit quicker than that. But yes, in theory, the there's no service guarantee and the estimates are generally 10 days-ish, I think. I find that one, when it's shipped to me that way, uh, very slow and generally irritating. FedEx has been shifting I think towards self-fulfilling a lot of lot more of those than okay. was the case um, but they still use USPS perhaps where they haven't got the density of, of coverage to make it worthwhile doing themselves I think it's basically a spoiler but you never know if you're into um, you know smaller lightweight stuff uh, that's uh, going cross-country that might well be of, of interest um, pirate ship I think will run you a label on that if you need one Okay, well, can I say something about USPS ground advantage here? Go on then. Yes, excellent. Okay, what I want to say is my poor mailman, who's picking up for me now, I'm now shipping boxes that are bigger than 12 by 12 by 12 mm -hmm. with USPS ground advantage because even though the retail rate goes really high, like mm -hmm. double, um, for packages that are over 12 by 12 by 12 from our rate through eBay it's still you know like $11 or $12 mm -hmm. I just shipped something that was 30 inches long mm -hmm. with USPS ground advantage for like $12 well that's that's a good rate because they would have added a $4 surcharge for being over 22 inches long so the base rate must have been low what's up here I I and I noticed, but be careful because when you create your listing, if you are charging the buyer retail rates, then they'll be quoted like $40 when it really is only, let's say, 18 or mm -hmm. or 12 even. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm careful not to quote more than 12 by 12 by 12 unless I put UPS ground first. Anyway, just... I'm having fun with Ground Advantage, mm -hmm. and my poor mailman probably is not, because instead of just getting all clothing, now he's getting a bunch of packages, too. There you go. Well, <laughs> uh, and, and that's um, interesting. It, it's, uh, it's a competitive offer. 
Um, it is. So, I'm, I'm really impressed. It's and a it's a good deal. catch-all if you want to try and minimise the number of shipping policies that you have. And I think shipping policies are generally a good thing. It does tend to simplify life, particularly when there are changes. Uh, to my mind, it's a pretty good catch-all to say, well, let's let's put as much stuff as we can into the bucket that has USPS ground advantage number one slot. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may find that priority is perhaps cheaper when you do the label, and you can obviously upgrade it to that. But it's a good way of right. covering your backside um, without over overcharging someone. So uh, that's what I do anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the news for this week. If you have any news tips, uh, feel free to get in touch. You can email us through the website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. And uh, uh, other stuff going on. I'm, we haven't been on for a while because I was busy uh, hobnobbing with all the, uh, the uh, eBay dignitaries in uh, sunny San Jose in California. This is what they call seller week. And I, they seem to be less secretive about it this year compared to last year. You do this last year, and I was always trying on the program to try and get you to say what you were doing, and you were very good about not saying you were over in California recording your video for eBay Open, because I told you you couldn't say that. I was trying to get yeah, you to say so it. Yeah, so you're just, allowed to now. I huh? believe so. I believe we are allowed you to must. actually... I mean, people must have figured out that these things were recorded ahead of time, because there's quite a bit of sort of post-production and editing on stuff where they move things around on the on the screen. Um, yeah, for eBay Open. Anyway, so uh, I think bits of that story will come out over future shows. I won't try and flog through it all now. There's a, there's a ton of nitty-gritty little bits of pieces of, of learning here to do with different features and stuff that I think are going to be very interesting. Uh, but the basic idea is that uh, sellers get hauled over to eBay HQ in San Jose. I think they said they had 30 sellers on the list this year because they've upped the number of sellers that are involved in eBay Open. I think there's a couple of dozen sellers doing presentations, and there's a bunch of others that do maybe a panel of sellers or a seller hosting a panel of eBay people or a seller interviewing someone from eBay, various permutations. Because I think historically the one thing they've learned is that sellers tend to give other sellers better rating and feedback on the, on the forms afterwards. So they figure, well, this may be, let's just leverage this and, and have sellers do a bit more on this thing. So um, a bunch of us got together last week for this. Uh, we recorded our, our respective videos. It's a very elaborate process. I mean, it doesn't look like much on that little screen on your computer. Um, but it's a big production behind the scenes. I wasn't ready for quite how much of an effort this thing was. Yeah. It, they do it in the sort of, they call it eBay Main Street, which is the newer sort of big reception building they've they've built at the sort of the center front of their campus. And around the back of the reception desk, there's like a huge auditorium, which I think they use for all hands meetings and things like that. And they put together two, two complete sound stages that are flown in probably on a 747 cargo or something from New York. And... One is a sort of mid-size soundstage with obviously lighting and mics and everything and, and like a green screen background. And then there's a much, much bigger one, just the other side of a curtain, that is a, you know, I mean, effectively a full-size TV set. They can have chairs and panels and all sorts of stuff going on there. And there's a very high resolution LED background screen of, I don't know, 30 feet wide or something behind them and a, and a, a shiny floor that you're not allowed to go on without having your shoes immaculately clean before you go on there so you don't mess it up for the recording um and it's a it's a it's a big operation i 
they were they were I had to wait a few minutes because they were trying to find my slide. So I I wandered off. I should have taken pictures, but uh, to have a peek behind the sort of behind the curtains, behind the other curtains, and there's like twenty people in there. There's like two two vision mixing guys. There's a couple of guys oh. on scripts, a couple of guys on sound. There's a guy that does the wireless mics. There's a floor manager. There's a director. There's a cameraman or two. I mean, there's just tons of people. For like just little old me just reading off some slides in front of a camera. How so, many takes did you have? You get given once. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you do it. You do it in one because you don't want to be dropped off the schedule. And there's this big red counter. They say you must not, thou shalt not do more than 20 minutes. So I know I've got 23 of topics, so I'm thinking what happens after... I told the guys, that don't don't kill the mics after it gets... because they think it starts counting 20 and it starts going 19, 19, you know, 59, 1958, trying to sort of hurry you along a little bit. But uh, I told them yeah. I was going to run to 23. Um, anyway, so that's interesting. Tons of people. And, of course, all the usual razzmatazz of a big production. You're in the sort of green room upstairs getting ready with everybody there's a video feed on the big wall-mounted monitor that's coming up from the studio downstairs so you can see see who's re- who's doing their stuff downstairs and getting nervous or nailing it or whatever one does <clears throat> yes um and no sound unfortunately you couldn't hear what they were saying you could just sort of see their lips move and then they also had like a hair and makeup room so they haul you you know at yeah. sort of 15 minutes before your slot you get hauled into the the makeup room and they give you this whole TV makeup and then someone yeah. futters around with your hair forever and then they send you Last off. year I made a mistake <laughs> of saying I wanted red lipstick. Oh yeah. And it was so bright. Hopefully you didn't make that same mistake. I did. I, I, I took your advice and knew it with a more uh, more <laughs> subtle approach. Neutral? Yeah. Um, anyway, so this this was a bit of a bit of a this, the, the scale of the thing doesn't really translate when you see it on the screen. And after you do your recording thing, they they listen to it, just check that they've not, you know, got crackles on the mic or the the video looks good or whatever. And then you're cleared to leave the studio, at which point you get marched outside by another bunch of people. And their job is to get you to do two or three minutes to camera that they're going to then going to use as promo pieces on social media. I think you they picked up yours for that. I don't think they're going to use mine, but anyway uh and then then after that you get wheeled off to somebody else and their job is to take sort of still photograph headshots for the more publicity for the for the event um, yeah and then uh then i think you're good to go <laughs> so that's like the morning on the the first day yeah you know so i did it last year and i if i'm trying to figure out a topic like to present to them mm-hmm. to maybe have me back sometime it would be not talking about consignment because so few people sell on consignment. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, people just like are not interested in selling on consignment. They say that they are very sensitive to not overdoing topics. So they, just going off a slight tangent, I did bump into, I spoke to Adam Island a few times during the thing because they're all, doing their executive stuff in between us doing our seller stuff and uh it's amazing when 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 the uh, when the cake gets served outside the sort of meeting area where all the sellers are all these people suddenly come out of the woodwork to, oh yeah to, to uh, get a free slice of cake so they, they sort of right. they're in the building next door so they all exit the the studio recording building and come into the building where they've got the sellers because they know there's there's some, some special cakes been ordered so adam and griff and brian suddenly start popping up at sort of three o'clock in the afternoon so it's a good chance to chat to them and i, and I felt I know people had mentioned to me at meetups and stuff, I'm nervous about signing up for eBay Open. Will I have to suffer through 
every single presentation banging on about sneakers and handbags and watches and stuff. <laughs> so I felt obligated to uh, to ask Adam if this this piece of feedback had been received by the executive team, and he 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 kind of gave me an answer, but it was sort of that's a very flippant question. Why are you wasting my time with that? Of course, I of course we know that. Um, so we'll see if that is the case when they do their content. He did say that there was a couple of points I think where there was no way, no way of avoiding that in the, in the stuff he had to cover. But uh, he yeah, tells me that's been received. About sneaker sellers and yeah, a lot of new uh, eBay sellers and young eBay sellers are selling sneakers and doing really. So well. you were saying about how people get selected to to be on this, and if it's something that interests you, it's certainly worth thinking about. And it's, there's obviously there's there's a bunch of things they look for. They want people with with that can deliver innovative content. Obviously, you've got to do it on video now, and um, they want. They, I think they want a lot of younger people. I mean, you know, yeah, I they're know. trying to I don't lower know how the I lower, the, lower year, the age, but, but uh, you know, it's definitely trending younger. They're trying to bring more young sellers and therefore young buyers into the site. Um, so they want different different content, different people. Um, people that uh, come across well, be good brand ambassadors for eBay, um, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you can kind of figure out the sort of stuff that they uh, they have in mind. Um, so there you go. Uh, anyway, it was a fascinating, a truly fascinating, very tiring week because we, we spent all day in meeting these different product people, different functional areas within eBay. And, I mean, it's just a, the nerdiest discussion you could possibly ever imagine if you know anything about eBay. Where you're getting spending an hour getting into some really minute detail with people, opening up laptops, showing I press this, this doesn't work, and this is how I work around that, and this is bit that's broken here, and why can't you do this, and why is this email called this, you know, um, you know, hour after hour of that, which was I think very satisfying, and the bit that I enjoyed most of it because I felt that you know this was an opportunity to actually make some difference and and something to be different as a result. Anyway, so we'll, yes. we'll, we'll probably pick up. I don't want to bang on about it too much because it's 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 history at this point. I, I, I one of the things we did ask for, I asked for certainly was to have a snoop around the uh, the bar, the on-site bar, the pub they have on site, which used to be called Walker's West, and that was sort oh, of an infamous name. name. Apparently, every CEO is required to come up with a new name for the bar. Oh, so Devin called it Walker's after yeah. the place in New York that he he thought was good. And when he moves on, uh, Jamie comes in and he calls it the cellar, which is obviously a pun oh. with an S. So he calls it the cellar with the, the S, obviously referencing. Oh. Yeah, so you get the gist of that anyway. So that's, that's why it's clever. called, the, the pub is called the cellar. And it's kind of just by the side of the reception area. And apparently they wanted to knock it down, but the city would not allow them to do so. It was an old historic house. Oh my so they gosh, ended up converting it into this sort of pub. And apparently that's seemed to be... Now a very good thing to have done. It's seen as a kind of a nice place to hang out or have a coffee or chat with someone just if you need to have a meeting and you want to get out the, the main building. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, and you'll hear about this shortly, I did some uh, interviews with some eBay folks. They very kindly made themselves available. And they're kind of tough to nail down because no one on eBay really wants to go on the record because it's obviously career-limiting if you say something that gets picked up and your name ends up in lights in the wrong place. Um, but they did very graciously set forward some people to talk to us. So those discussions will be coming out shortly. The first one uh, I'm going to get for you is uh, me talking to Griff. And this is a discussion really just going back a bit on how – 
you know, the eBay podcast, how it ended up, where it is now, where it came from, kind of the changes that he's made over the years, what he's learned from it. He talks to uh, a bit about what his personal plans are for the future in terms of retirement, things like that. Which I don't think he's publicly said before. And um, uh, also, yeah, I quizzed him a bit on how, how many people listen to their show. And he's got some answers on that as well. Oh, that's so, interesting. Did- and if you don't know, Griff was one of the first eight employees or something mm-hmm. on eBay. And he started by, they had this, I don't know what you would call it then, but it was some kind of online chat. And he would just go and answer people's questions because he's a nice guy and found it intriguing. And uh, that's how eBay ended up offering him a job. Yeah. So he's on our next next episode. Um, if you listened at all to the old eBay radio, and I know kind of at the point now where some people probably never got into that. Um, it's a lot of background on that. It's a little inside baseball maybe, but uh, there you go. You might find that interesting. But he talks a little bit about some plans for the future of um, the eBay podcast, which we always recommend that you, you tune into because it does give you the official line on a great many things in, in a very easy to um, to absorb format. Okay, well, uh, more uh, from uh, Seller Weeks, Drake eBay Open, uh, in, in the uh, in the weeks to come. In the meantime, should we go to Postbag? Yes, we got an email. You'll need to turn this Ron. turn towards your microphone because you're you're disappearing off. There you go. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> we got an email from Ron in Ohio. Thank you, Ron. And uh, he just brought up the fact that he gets questions from buyers sometimes. I think one in Hungary. Um, saying, why can't I buy your item? And uh, like almost all the rest of us, he's on eBay International Shipping. And so the question was, uh, it just brought up the question, like, do we need to block countries like we used to? Uh, Or is that all taken care of now Mm -hmm. by EIS, you know, by eBay? And how do you answer people and basically, it's really for them to ask eBay because it all goes through eBay, right? I mean, the if you if someone says I can't access your listing or I'm not allowed to buy and I'm in country X, step one to me would be just to go onto the site, go to the shipping thingy bob on your listing, and and see whether it shows a rate for country X. So in this case, if he says Hungary, someone Hungary wants to buy it, I would just go to the listing and see if I could get a shipping rate off the listing for Hungary. If the answer is yes, then there's something going on at their end. Perhaps it's an account issue with them. If it doesn't come up and it's not showing up, then obviously there's something you could or should do at your end as a seller to turn that on. Because the international shipping, the eBay international shipping does 200 out of, I think there's 217 countries in the world, which is a pretty high percentage. So oh if, if, if you've heard it, heard of the country, I'm pretty sure they probably will send it there. But interestingly, I've had things, it could also depend on your listing and if it's a prohibited item yes. in that country. And I've had flatware. Mm-hmm. And one, uh, I think I had the word knives in the yeah. title. And it was literally butter knives. But it was showing someone in Australia that it yeah. couldn't be shipped there. Mm-hmm. And I think also... I think a lot of us set up country blocks when we used to do the shipping ourselves, you know, Nigeria, maybe, I don't know, Philippines, Italy, postal problems. There's a few places, um, and South America typically because of customs and, uh, you know, 
postage delays and things. Uh, and we all had our sort of set list of countries we thought were problem areas, and we added those to our sort of big policy of countries we don't ship to. For eBay international shipping, I would get rid of all that. It's not your responsibility. It's eBay's problem. So, yeah, take orders yeah. from Italy or Brazil as long or as you get it to Nigeria, heads, all those places that were problem areas. Hey, that's eBay's problem. So take all that stuff off. Um, so I don't know. I'd be interested to hear back if, if, the, if we ever got to the bottom of what was blocking that that sale. Well, of course, yeah. well, obviously, at the, in the end, you just call did. eBay and say, can you look over my listing and see why this country can't buy? And you say it may come down to some rule because they have a, a deal with a third-party provider that runs every single listing through a great big rules-type database that says, well, if it's this and it's that, and it's a knife, it can't go to Australia. If it's leather, it can't go to Italy. If it's a clock, it can't go to Italy. And, you know, there's lots of sort of, you know, the cuckoo clock. You Jewelry to, to China. Yeah, or whatever the things are. There's lots of things that – and if you look at the the, the, the good old-fashioned postal mailing manual, whatever it is, has all these things in the country section if you want to see what these things are. Anyway, so it applies all these rules and blocks out brands or items or – other things that that cannot be shipped to certain countries, and and builds a, a database effectively for each listing as to who, where it can be sold. So maybe that's what's going on. Uh, let's talk also, Sherry, about in, eBay International shipping. This is one of the things that came out of one of the sort of discussions that we had with the shipping team last week, and, and one of the first things I wanted to go away and try was to fix the problem that I had. And the reason I'd opted out of eBay international shipping was that I was concerned that I had to put all my listings in or take all my listings out. And the problem was that I think my buyers are probably half and half. Half want it as fast as possible, half want it as cheap as possible. And the ones that want it fast as possible typically are paying the most, so they win. Uh, so I opted out of eBay international shipping. And at the meeting, they said, well, actually, you don't need to do that. You can select listing by listing how you want it handled it's not something they advertise and i think it's absolutely going against what they told me on the chat session with the chipping team that we talked about a few episodes ago and what i've done is to make this work and it seems to be working i've been doing a few days I haven't sold anything yet but at least I, I see it coming up in the way the listings are working is to do this well first of all if you opted out as part of your overall seller settings, where you need to opt back in again, because that will turn it off across everything. So opt back in, and then for each listing, you either have to put in your own international shipping options. So that might be, you know, first class parcel, might be priority mail, USPS, priority express, and whatever else you want to do. And if if those if those methods are populated, it will give priority to that. So it will use those those rates and those methods. If, however, you leave those all blank and take everything out of there, I just left it set, I think, to to flat rate international with no methods uh, set, and I, I removed all the block countries and just leave that blank, then it will jump in and it will set that listing for eBay international shipping. And I tested this and it seems to work great. Now, the, I think one of the reasons that they're not sort of touting this as the great solution is that as you go through the site, there are various messages and stuff that come back at you that rather assume 
that every listing is in eBay International Shipping, and that they obviously got to go through and manage all these dialogues for people that are awkward like me that want to do a mixture of things. But actually, as far as I can tell, uh, you can you can set stuff up to go either way or the other on a per listing basis. So I thought mm -hmm. that was one of the interesting things that just by sitting in a room with people that know what they're talking about, you know, solved a problem that I had. Didn't cost me anything other than time. Yeah, that's very satisfying. So uh, if you have a crack at that, maybe maybe let us know how you get on with that. Uh, but uh, that seems to be working. So uh, just an example of, of one of the multitudinous things that I came, came away with in my grubby little paw from all these meetings that I'll be testing out and, and getting back to you and uh, maybe solving a, a, a few longstanding problems. Let, let's press on, Sherry. Uh, you have talked in the past about, I think you talked a moment ago, about your your promoted listing spend, the constant battle of where's the where's the optimal return on investment? You had that meeting with the uh, the growth advisor. Oh, yeah. It's, so it was code for salesman, I think. But anyway. <laughs> he told me he was my account manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is for promoted um, advanced, okay. which means you pay per click, which is something I stay away from All right. uh, with a 10-foot pole, which I told him. But anyway, he walked me through some very interesting qual listing quality reports. Ah. And actually, I believe you can find this under the traffic reports. And what you can find out is where you rank as far as organic search results. And I was in the top 10% for clothing. We talked about that last week, I believe. Anyway, he was supposed to call me this week and he didn't call uh. on the set time, <laughs> probably because the one item he chose of mine that has multiple quantities that to have the ad for hasn't done anything. Probably, I better probably end too that. busy taking his kids to Disney on the commission he made out of out of your money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to end that co campaign, and that's that's promoted listings advanced, but this promoted listing standard I use, and that's where. You only pay for it if they buy it. Hmm. And I had my cap at about 9%. And in and then I raised it to 12% uh, as an wow. aggressive move to try oh, to force spendy or what? sales. I know it kind of fits my personality. Do you make any money if you're giving an extra 12% to eBay? That strikes me as taking a big chunk, of, chunk, of, chunk out of your profits. I know. Interestingly, in looking at the results... It looks like my sales stayed about even and my eBay fees went up and it it was averaging, my fees were averaging a little more than 8% and now they're averaging more than 10%. Mm. So maybe I, I better rein that in. Well, we've tinkered with this in the past. You and I have tried different things and I think our conclusion was that you saturate your spend fairly low down the spend level and the going above that has diminishing returns although we we have very different types of listings but that seemed to be the the yes you you get more clicks you don't necessarily sell a lot more items exactly yeah it did not seem to increase the sales but it definitely increased the ebay fees so we, that's a good thing to check out if you're using promoted listings which I would recommend using it to some degree, probably not the way I am. Uh, various discussions last week on this. There seemed to be the general advice from eBay, for, from people who would, had no you know, dog in the fight that were just trying to help sellers do the right thing, was generally speaking, 
lavishing lots of money on promoted listings is not something they would personally recommend. Generally, they tend to say that you, you do better to reserve a decent spend on something you think you, you want to sell and you think will sell and has has a good listing just for lack of visibility. But just splurging out and everything is is potentially expensive without necessarily offering the best rate of return. But obviously, it depends on what you have and how you go about it. But that seemed to be the consensus of advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And looking at those listing quality reports, that's really interesting hmm. because that's where I learned that the people who had six or more photos for women's tops category, it varies based on category, were higher on the organic search results. Very good. So I have now told the teenagers, take at least eight pictures. That's good. All right. Yes. Make them count. Um, just having a look here, other stuff I was going to mention may be relevant from things that came out of this. Just, just um, There's something else that happened this week that I think just struck me as dodgy, dodgy behavior by eBay. And this is to do with returns and the sort of general practice of kind of automatically accepting returns or kind of implying that returns are automatically accepted. I got a return request from someone and it was more than 30 days after they received it. So as far as I'm concerned, that is something that I can say no to if I want to. And eBay in their in their email letter, I thought were being a little deceptive. Because the letter was worded, well, the buyer the buyer wants to return, and it's covered by our money back guarantee, was the exact wording of the letter, and it wasn't mm. covered by the money back guarantee because the money back guarantee runs from thirty days of risk from delivery. This was like I don't know thirty five to forty or something, so it wasn't covered. And I understand they're perhaps just reusing a template, but it's just wrong, and it kind of implied that I was required to take it back. And they sort of said somewhere, well, accepting the return is is the best policy or something. And I don't think it was because I was going to be out a few hundred, <laughs> few hundred bucks. It was definitely not the best policy from my, my point of view. Uh, so you've got to watch out for these things. It, it kind of looks like the exact same email that you get when you do have to take a return, but it isn't the same. And it's in the, the title, I think, says return requested, and the other one says return approved. And that seemed ah. to be the way of, of telling. So you get a letter that says "return requested." That I think is code for yeah, oh. you can you can you can you can say no to this. And I, I I've been called out before. I know I've accepted stuff in the past. And I only didn't realize my goodness, it's like fifty days old. I didn't need to accept that. I didn't realize because sometimes I get that, and I'm thinking, why are they requesting it? It's always automatic. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. And I did then call eBay customer service because I was worried that let's say. I I deny the return. Buyer leaves negative feedback. Am I left in the hole with a big negative feedback that's then difficult for me to to resolve? And we talked, I think, last time about rumblings coming out of customer service reps saying we're no longer supposed to do courtesy feedback removals. Mm, and yes. this is something else that I I did some ferreting around last week. And there wasn't a lot of representation from eBay's customer service. But what I did get back, and, and maybe take this with a pinch of salt because it wasn't sort of multiple sourced, what I understand is going on is that nothing has changed in terms of formal policy, but 
the guidance from the, the the management team of eBay customer service is to try and stop doing courtesy removals as just a matter of course. Because people just ring up every week and say, I want my feedback taken, negative feedback taken off, and they just ended up doing it. Um, what they're trying to do is to go back to what I think the previous policy was, that maybe at the agent's discretion, if you've done absolutely everything humanly possible to make it right with the buyer, and the buyer still was obstinately not willing to do a feedback revision, the agent then has some discretion to jump in and help you. But as what I was told was that the guidance now is that you do have to jump through all those various hoops mm-hmm. to get it, and then it's not necessarily guaranteed. It's a, it's the agent discretion. Okay. Unless it's paid returns, then, of course, you get the protection and it kicks in and does it automatically if you get a return back to you using the tracking number and it comes back, you pay for it, and the tracking number's in their system. Then you get the feedback protection at that point. Okay. But you don't have to pay the original shipping they paid. You don't have to refund them. Right. Anyway, but the, well, back track. to back to this 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 the return case. So I the reason I, I called customer service because I wanted to get someone on the record to say whether or not, let's say, this buyer is in the in day forty, day fifty, they've still got to sixty days to leave feedback. They've they're in that sort of that gray area of of the money back guarantee window is closed, but the feedback window is still open for another month. That day thirty to day sixty window. And they could leave negative feedback saying I was a scumbag and I was selling useless goods or whatever they want to do. Under what circumstances would eBay protect me if I get negative feedback as a result of de- declining a return or otherwise in that period? Yeah. And the the lady went off and she, she she said, I need to go research this. I'll call you back. And you did call back an hour or two later and said that, under under the rules, I would I would qualify for a manual feedback removal if that happened. Oh. However, we agreed that probably the best strategy was not to respond to the return request. So leave oh. that leave that alone. Let that time out. Oh. Um, I did write back to the buyer via regular messaging because <clears throat> I think that's an easier messaging flow than using the return item message to yeah. buyer flow. That's very clunky. Yeah, And I did say, well, actually, you know, you bought the wrong item. It isn't designed for what you're doing with it. And I think it does work if you actually were to connect it to the right kind of device. But I understand you haven't got the right kind of device. and didn't say anything about the return. thought I'd see yeah. what they came back with as their, their next thing. Um, <clears throat> but if if I leave the return and do nothing with it, it will then time out after, what is it, three business days, three calendar days, something like that. And it will it will then go to eBay for adjudication because I haven't responded. And the only yeah. because it's outside the thirty days, it's outside money back guarantee policy. So the only adjudication result in theory that should happen is it should find in my favor. Yeah. So that's a case that's been referred to eBay, found in buyers and sellers' favor, and therefore any feedback that was left gets removed, or any any feedback they try and leave after that is suppressed automatically. Yes. Okay. Are you so, waiting to, for the results? Uh, ask me in a couple of days. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know okay. whether the, the person concerned is going to try and leave negative feedback or not. I won't know. But uh, so we'll see if it first. Of all, we'll see if it resolves in my favour. I can't see how it would go against me, but you never know. I mean, it's not the best way of handling it from from a customer service point of view, leaving the customer high and dry for three days. But you know, it's not. I don't. I don't make the eBay rules. I'm just trying to navigate my way through them with the least damage to my business. So. That's right. what I decided to do. 
Because if yeah. I if I if I if I say no and handle it that way and don't throw it to eBay for adjudication, then I've got a feedback exposure, which I then had to manually go sort out with eBay. Whereas if I if it goes to adjudication by not answering it, that automatically handles the feedback, assuming adjudication goes in my favor. I mean, that's very confusing. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, it does. Anyway. And sometimes when you get one of these things and you're not sure, rather than decline it or accept it, call sometimes just calling eBay. Absolutely. Like I, you I, didn't get that I think advice. If, 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 you're, if, if you're, you're, you're unblemished feedback records about to be potentially jeopardized that's worth a few minutes on a phone definitely yeah um, and of course as always uh, i've got my trusty piece of paper here with the sr number on it and the lady's name uh so that if for some reason it it goes completely differently i've got a record of the conversation and i think again in theory uh, you could ask to speak to a supervisor and ask they pull the audio and and get back to you with what actually they think happened on the original call they have access to that. Every single SR number has an audio recording. They may or may not sometimes well, sometimes they can see what the agent was doing with their keyboard, but I think most of them now have have a, an audio file of the of the conversation oh. and the and the supervisor can listen to that and determine whether or not the agent did actually say to do what they they said on the call. I mean uh -huh. don't, that don't guarantee any of this, but that's in theory how it works. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on, move on, shall we? And talk a bit about things coming up in the next few days. Oh, do we want days. to do my oh, dumb I'm sorry. question yes, of I'm the sorry. day? Yes, I'm sorry. Let's do the you've got dumb question of the day. That's right. That that's a quick this one. Is another Sherry uh, fantastic uh, feature. Been... Copyright Sherry Smith, two thousand and twenty-three. Please write or call in and let us know if you like my little segment here. My dumb question of the day: Should you not ship in boxes like? Pampers that say Pampers on them or puffs. <laughs> okay, so that's it. <laughs> question is: Is there anything inappropriate in terms of a box that uh, I can think of a few things, but I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> okay, because I haven't bought a box for over a year. I mean, I have you know I have to pay for bubble wrap or my bubble wrap machine, but um, boxes I reuse and I. Everyone who knows me just leaves them on my doorstep. Oh, that's good. So, uh, and the Pampers and then the Puffs, those are for, you know, Kleenex or, you know, anyway, Kleenex. They're a special shape that was good for Barbie boxes and train boxes. So, ah. anyway, let us know what you think. All right, very good. So that's uh, comments back on that one at sell, sell, sell dot online. Okay, uh, Sherry, coming up in the next few days, we mentioned a few of these things, I think. Yeah, you've got the Etsy photography presentation on the 20th. A uh, day, day or so more of the uh, Bubble Fast uh, discount. That's the uh, back to school. One word is their um, uh, uh, discount code. And Uline free shipping promotion that is good through from the 11th to the 24th. Very good. If you've got free time on the 14th of September, uh, that's when eBay is holding their eBay Open sneak peek event. I uh, got the basic idea. I think it's Adam and Rebecca hosting. I think there are three eBay sellers on a sort of panel. I don't know who it is this year. You didn't get the call? 
No, I didn't. Oh. I haven't been getting the calls. And yet they had my picture on your <laughs> yes, pamphlet Yes, you're when very you were famous there. in the eBay headquarters. <laughs> so I was there in picture. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so that's the sneak peek, 14th. Uh, also, if you, uh, like me, owe taxes to the government, then uh, check out the uh, estimated tax due date. I think it's the 15th of uh, this month. Time to write a big fat check to Uncle Sam. And eBay launch parties yes. on the 26th. The main event for eBay Open is the 27th to the 29th. All right. I'm getting reasonable good attendance for my Orlando event, and you're doing well in your Colorado event? Yes, I've got 48 people registered wow. so far. big party. Might have to get a bigger room. I had to ask eBay for more money for food and drink, eh? I don't think... I think I'm at the limit. All right. And our yes. quarterly supplies coupon expires at the end of the month. Of course, I, of course, I spent it on the first day of the exactly. quarter. All right, and that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Don't forget, you can stay in touch through our website. That's sellsellsell.online. And uh, stick around. We've got uh, another edition with uh, interview with Griff coming up in the next few days. This is Philip saying thanks very much indeed for your company. And, and thank you so much for joining us and putting up with us. 